Hello, and welcome to Frog Talk, the ACFE's monthly podcast. I'm John Duffley, the communications manager here at the ACFE. Today, I'm excited to be joined by none other than Bruce Doris, president and CEO of the ACFE for a special edition of Frog Talk. We're calling Catching Up with the ACFE. Bruce, you know how very busy you are, a lot of travel this time of year, so appreciate you taking some time to sit down. Absolutely. First time I've been able to have a podcast with you, John. So I know we've been doing these for a long time, but it's great to be able to connect with so many different people this way and having a, a medium that we can just reach out and talk to people about what we're doing at the ACFE and what we have coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah, a lot of exciting things. So some things going on right now, obviously, Bruce, we have 90 day challenges underway, our fourth quarter, um, 1700 registrants, one of the largest we've had. So a lot of people getting prepped for the CFE exam, uh, 2022 compensation guide for any fraud professionals, obviously available to all of our members now. Um, and then the latest edition of Fraud Magazine, November, December uh, issue will be out. A ton of fantastic stories to close the year out here. Um, it's exciting time. Exciting time for the ACFE. Yeah, that the 90 Day Challenge has really been one of those areas that we have I've just watched grow over the years. And at Ross Pry and so many different people are involved with that. And to see 1,700, not just in or over, really, during that time period, but rather it's the end of the year. And we've already done two of them. And to still have 1,700, that just tells you there is a demand for fraud education and the credential in this marketplace. And you know, whether you are an internal auditor, whether you are you know, an investigator, uh, whether you're in, in public service or in the private sector, it doesn't matter. I mean, that the fraud examination skills are obviously relevant as we near 100,000 members. So, I mean, that's, it just tells you that that demand is out there for it and that people are taking this seriously. Employers are taking it seriously, uh, which is why we've been doing this for, I think you said nearly 35 years when we were talking earlier. And it's just amazing to, to watch the growth and to see just a microcosm of that with over 1,700 for the next, you know, this, this quarter. It's amazing. A lot of other exciting things happening. I think that the first one we want to dive into here, um, second week in November, November 13th to the 19th, we'll have uh, International Fraud Awareness Week. Uh, founded in 2000, you know, I think this year we're expecting close to 1,000 supporting organizations around the globe participating, getting involved, having events for their staff. Um, so I'm curious, Bruce, when, you know, obviously you've been here quite a, quite a long time, but when you hear International Fraud Awareness Week, uh, what comes to mind? Well, the, the first thing that comes to mind is just, how easy we try to make it for an organization to talk about fraud that may be reluctant to do so. I mean, obviously we get to use it to promote those who already promote it. And they do an amazing job of doing that. Uh, you've got chapters around the world. We've got organizations as part of our uh, corporate alliance uh, partnership and our league of partners and all who do a, a wonderful job of promoting uh, fraud awareness and, and obviously fraud week, but what it does and what comes to to the forefront of my mind with what it can do is it provides an opportunity for some organization that may be more or rather reluctant to talk about fraud. You know, it's that word that nobody wants to say. And when that happens, or if they did talk about it, and let's say it's in June. Oh, and all of a sudden, if it's a thousand plus uh, size organization, they start thinking, oh, you know, I wonder what's wrong. I wonder, is somebody stealing your, 
Is uh, the chief financial officer in trouble? Is it going to be indicted? Or, you know, that kind of stuff is, is what's in their mind. I don't think that's true, personally. There's ways to address it and just you know, having a good, strong fraud risk management plan. But what Fraud Week does is just alleviates that. You know, and just say, oh, well, you know what? It's Fraud Week, so let's talk about fraud. But the thing is, you're talking about it now, and that plants the seed. And so you you got to build the wall one brick at a time. And so by having just a little bit talking about fraud during the week, plants for the next conversation. And hopefully that makes a shift in the way a board of directors looks, uh, the way the president may look. You know, who at fraud within that organization. That's what I really like about Fraud Week. I love it for everyone who's engaged with it and is happy about it, but I also like the ability to, to just to reach out and to touch those organizations that haven't been as talkative about it. And it gives them that opportunity and they can blame it on the ACFE if they want to. You know, think of that, but well, they said we need to talk about it, so we're going to. That's that's what I, I love uh, about this is it gives it gives them the chance to yeah. uh, you know to address you know the past and not talking about it. I mean, if you go back and, and look in you know, especially in the accounting terms, you know, the the word fraud didn't actually show up in some of the audit standards until the, it was the mid nineteen nineties, mid to late nineties. ACFE's been around for nearly 35 years now. So you see just the, that shift and it's slow to engage. And, and then, you know, obviously with the uh, crises in the early 2000s, it really came to forefront. People talk about it a whole lot more now, but it just, it, it just takes that planning of that seed, that initial conversation and to get a group talking about it. And the next thing you know, they're that corporate alliance member that's engaged and really, really wanting to to make fraud awareness part of their program. That's what I love about it. Yeah, it's fascinating that there's a lot of organizations that are just now kind of starting to find those invitations, find those systems. Um, something like Fraud Week to really push people out there, really get people involved, and even just listening in. I know on FraudWeek.com, we have events from all over the globe. We have Twitter chats and, and webinars and things people are sharing so other organizations can sit in and kind of get involved, you know, and kind of be, be piggyback off someone else's success. Um, that they've been able to implement. So it, coming out of Fraud Week especially, um, what are some things people can do to kind of raise awareness in their organization, whether it be, you know, implementing easy things like a hotline or being able to have some open webinars or involved with the ACFE and starting to partner with some of our committees and whatnot. Um, what are some things people can do to kind of start to, you know, you, you said you have that first breakdown and it's now we start to build from there. Um, what are some things people can do with some like action items? Well, the first thing is go to the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you go and look at Fraud Week and we've got those really short videos that just have your staff watch that you know, as part of that first line of defense and getting the organizations involved and making sure that everyone is aware. I mean, you've got you know, certified fraud examiners, obviously the, uh, the cream of the crop when it comes to uh, fraud examination and fraud investigation and awareness and prevention and all. But, you know, just knowing what those anti-fraud fundamentals are. Because if someone is on that front line and yeah, they may have had a little bit of training in terms of, let's say there's a in retail and checkout, but if they, the more training they get, the more they can observe and more they can watch from both an external and an internal factor. But 
without it, it they can't do that. So if people are just starting with this, just go to Fraud Week, be able to look at the videos that we have at uh, not just that site, the microsite, but rather at acfe.com in general. And a lot of these things are, are for the public. I mean, we have, obviously have a tremendous member benefits, but you know, there are so many things out there just for the public to go and to become aware and, and have that anti-fraud education. So to give them just a little start, get a little taste, you get hungrier and hungrier for having that corporate ethos of just wanting to do the right thing. And, and it's a, it's a, it's a fever. Yeah, sure. uh, it, it really, it really works. Uh, I've just, I've, been very fortunate over 15 years now to be able to watch that, you know, from the ACFEs inside the ACFE and watching groups just grow. And it's, it's, it's infectious. It really is. Yeah. I highly encourage you if you hear this now, or even after fraud week this year, head to fraudweek.com, check out those resources. Bruce mentions, obviously ACFE.com, our resources library, ton of great things. We just recently launched our new government fraud resources page, whether you are uh, law enforcement professional, government professional. There's all kind of free resources there. To your point, infographics, episodes of Fraud Talk they can listen to um, just to get started, like you said, down that path. So okay. I highly encourage you to check out those sites, whether you are prior or after Fraud Week. And we have some cool games on there too. So it's fun. It's interactive. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just, oh, I got to watch a fraud video. No, I mean, there's really some cool stuff to do on there. So that's that's what you know. we're making it entertaining and you know, immersing yourself uh, into uh, the anti-fraud education world. Yeah, one of the one of the cool things too is the last point here. You can always go hash use hashtag Fraud Week on social media. You can go back several years and see the kind of things people are doing, events, seminars, and kind of see how other people are, are using Fraud Week in a pretty effective way. So definitely excited for that coming up. Um, another one for especially for for our CFEs, our 2022-2023 Board of Regents voting will be open in November. So again. Voting is, will be closed on November 30th, but all throughout the month, highly encourage you to head over to acfe.com. Six candidates will be running for two open seats on the board. Um, Bruce, I, I think that, you know, maybe some people who aren't who are quite in the, in the ACFE yet, maybe working up to their CFE credential, um, to have an opportunity to really engage in and be involved in the decision-making of the ACFE, setting those standards, all the things the board does. Um, what kind of responsibilities does the ACFE Board of Regents maintain that you know, really this voting cycle was really meant to, to you know, lay some groundwork for. Well, you, you summed it up quite well. You know, they set the standards for what a CFE is, uh, not just for the admission process, because they do oversee that, but then the certification aspect of it, what a CFE needs to be. Uh, and, but, you know, also, you know, on the disciplinary side as well, because mm -hmm. if uh, if there is a certified fraud examiner that were to, or member that were to go awry, then you know, that's what that uh, the Board of Review and the, the Board of Regents uh, does in order to make sure that we have our standards um, applied to. Uh, and they expect this of CFEs, just as any professional organization should have. Uh, I mean, I know with myself and um, you know, what I have to attest to with uh, both as a lawyer and a CPA, uh, you've got those boards that oversee that and make sure that there aren't uh, folks that uh, that go awry, but make sure that they also have the right um, standards in place, what we need to know in terms of maintaining uh, continuing education, all of that, that is set by this Board of Regents, which is why it's, in, it's incredibly important to, if you're a CFE and able to vote in this starting uh, November 1, to go and look, and this through November 30, as you mentioned, 
look at each of the candidates. Uh, the, the, the bios are in there. See which one that you think, um, and they're all great candidates. And go in, vote according. I think we're voting for two open uh, seats that are coming up on this particular board and uh, encourage every CFE to, to go out there and to vote. I think one of the things for me is, you know, as a staff member of the ACFE, but one of the core ethos of the organization has always been, you know, quality over quantity. And I think that speaks so true to this and what the board's able to do in, in refining those standards and making sure that if you're CFE, you know, you're coming with the best intentions, you're continuing your education. Um, you, you as an advisory member to the council, um, what's worked in, worked in conjunction with the regions kind of meant to you, not just professionally, obviously, for what it does for the organization, but personally, obviously working with a, a core group every two years, um, you know, the seats are, 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 you know, changed around. We get some new faces in there. A lot of high profile CFEs who have been through the, you know, who are emeritus as well. Um, what's that, what's that kind of relationship been like for you personally? Uh, it's been very gratifying for me. I mean, I've been with the board, oh gosh, John, maybe 10-ish years mm -hmm. or so. Um, but, you know, some of the people that have been on there, as you mentioned, you know, they just the who's who of the anti-fraud world. Uh, Cynthia Cooper comes to buy, who was the, the whistleblower and uh, the WorldCom. Uh, she was on the board of regents probably about 10 years ago. I think when I first came on as an advisory member, uh, but when I was program director here at ACFE, uh, met her, uh, Mike Ware, uh, who is on right now, uh, the uh, appointed inspector general uh, for the Small Business Administration. And obviously, you know, he's been really busy since uh, April of 2020 uh, in, in ferreting out fraud related to a lot of CARES Act um, uh, money. And so you know, that, to me, has been so rewarding. It's like, you know, I, I'm here and I get to immerse myself with over 90,000 members and to really watch what they do, not only from a professional standpoint, but when they come in and they meet and the questions that they ask and the issues that are passionate to them as a current practitioner, there's one thing for me, I sit in an office and I go around and do a lot of training and talk about the, uh, of the ACFE and, and anti-fraud education and fraud awareness in general. But you know, the people who are listening to this are the ones who are really out there in the trenches every day, uh, you know, fighting fraudsters and, and dealing with issues. And yeah, I get to see this again. It's another microcosm there, but it's 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 great to have that interaction. Uh, we just got we um, have a meeting coming up uh, very shortly, depending on uh, when this goes out. And I mean, I'm looking at the agenda, what they have on there, and there's some pretty heavy topics that they have to deal with and, and wrestle with. And you know, so that's it's a heavy burden. And, and so, you know, for those who are uh, going out there and electing uh, this group, uh, you know, it's um, heavy hangs the head here. I mean, it's, it's tough. Uh, and, and so making sure that uh, you cast your vote uh, is so important to, uh, to that board. Yeah. Especially if you're a certified fraud examiner, I think this kind of helps to add some more, you know, gravity to the credential, you know, you're coming in, you're making sure that you're educating yourself, but also you are involved in kind of upholding the credential that you work so hard to get. So again, I highly encourage anybody acfe.com throughout November. If you're a CFE, please vote, please help us find the next, next regions for the board. Bruce, just kind of a couple of closing thoughts here. So I think one of the common threads, if I've started to meet some CFEs, kind of look over some old annual footage and things, it's it's a common thread everywhere. Never stop learning, continuing education. I think everybody who is 
you know, in this anti-fraud profession understands that it's always changing. It's always going to be something new around the corner. You got to be one step ahead of the fraudster because they're going to be two steps ahead of you, always trying to find a new way through. Heading into the new year, what are some areas of anti-fraud that have kind of caught your attention and might be on your radar or, or you know, for that matter, you know, kind of in, in some of the folks that you know that maybe they're focused on headed into the new year? Oh, I know going into uh, 2023 and in right now, especially, uh, is dealing with cyber related issues, whether it's on the intrusion front or you know related to in, in terms of, of crypto and digital assets at all, because you've got it, it, this is a new area for a lot of people. And so there's a lot of change there, very little regulation. And so it's people are just trying to get their, their footing uh, who have to deal with that. A lot of um, balance sheets out there that carry these particular assets on it. And how do you audit for it? How do you you look at this? And, and it's it's challenging because a lot of people still don't understand the concept, uh, much less to be able to go in and audit it professionally. And so that's where ACFB comes in in terms of making sure that we've got top-notch experts that can give you know, frequent webinars on it, articles within the magazine, a lot of the emails fraud newsletter, those you know types of things that you, know, you and your department put down, John, it, it is how we can communicate and get that information out there uh, faster. Because it's interesting, I was, um, it's something I was writing for Fraud Magazine that's coming out uh, in the November, uh, December issue. We were looking at the Lazarus group right, coming out of North Korea and that hack, I think it was 600 million or so US in terms of crypto that was taken in that and but i think it was just a matter of days and when you go back and look at two factors within the global fraud study one on average it's you know frauds are not discovered for uh, about 12 months you talk about days versus a year <laughs> that has cycled down tremendously and then when you take the the other component of eight percent of the frauds in the study had crypto related to it in some way. Now, it may have been taken directly or you know, direct, indirectly uh, as, as part of that fraud, but still 8% of the cases, you know, that hadn't been there previously. And so it makes me wonder what is 2024 going to have when we release and, and have that study again uh, related to this and digital assets in general. And so, I mean, there's a lot on the horizon. I mean, we still have to deal with fraudsters who are up to their old tricks. And then now they're just taking their tricks and morphing it. Because in that case, I think you've read it, you've, you've seen that, that Lazarus group, you know, it wasn't a truly sophisticated hack. They were just using good old social engineering, a fake uh, you know, job application or something through uh, uh, LinkedIn. Somebody clicked on it. It's uh, an infected PDF and you know, the rest is history. So you know, that, that's just good old fashioned trickery. And but with a new spin on it. And we've got to make sure that Fraud Week, let's go back to that. Fraud Week is there so that we can talk about, hey, monitor everything coming in. Be suspicious on uh, emails that you don't come in. Or if it's coming in from someone you know and it just looks uh, a little funny, then ask. You know, that's what the IT department should be there for is to kind of help you along the way do the training in order to be prepared. You know, we have to do that here. And we want to make sure that we uh, we are on top of things. And so to to make a segue back to Frog Week, this is the time to to stay on top of that uh, from those new trends that we're talking about and seeing in 
22 and into 23. But there's ways that we can defeat that or at least you know stop it uh, in its track and make it morph a little bit more to make it easier to discover is to to be vigilant and to to watch these things coming in it's amazing isn't it how from from paper to digital now we're putting financial things on the blockchain i mean it is a continued evolution i think this goes into my, my final question bruce so 35 years next year 1988 obviously dr wells founds the acfe coming into 2023 i think that you, know, you kind of the nail on the head there with the the amount of change that happens over that span of time, and even in just a short time, with you know cryptos and blockchain and technology and all those kinds of things becoming implemented now. Um, what excites you about the organization? Obviously, you know coming into year thirty five and all the new things that you know not resources available, um, but the membership too, and obviously the kind of growing base that we have. I love seeing the change and, and the growth of and watching new people come into this. I mean, I've been doing this for nearly thirty years now, and and, and practice uh before coming here and you know when you see your, your main fraud being done by paper checks uh and you can use acetone on there in order to remove it and you think so, so you move from that into crypto uh and frauds related to it i mean it's just amazing how things have 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 changed and even you know with uh blockchain being around in the last less than 15 years and so to watch that evolution uh, it's both scary and exciting because it was these things were coming eventually, but we need to make sure at the ACFE that we've got this next generation prepared for that to to be able to look at that. And so it comes from just educating everybody who is a interested in these particular topics, making sure that the membership is aware of what is is, is coming. But then also you know, looking at the, the new generation that's in school right now and going through the ACFE Foundation, through the education group that we have here at ACFE and making sure that they're aware of what's coming, that, that there's a whole job sector out there related to protecting the assets of an organization, whether it's in the government, private sector, doesn't matter. I mean, it, this is... You know, uh, a wonderful career to have to go in and to protect and to be that anti-fraud leader. And so we're all over the place in terms of making sure that we're educating, not just those who uh, are in the, the throes of it day to day, but those who are coming up as well. Yeah. Bruce, it's been fantastic. I appreciate the time. I'd be remiss if I didn't give you the last word, anything else um, you wanted to add before we get out of here on this episode. I want everyone listening to, to go to fraudweek.com and at least play around for a few minutes with it. Uh, you know, John and so many others uh, here at the ACFE, and, and for years, because that's not, uh, I mean, that's an evergreen site, put so much into that. And I just encourage everybody listening to go play around with it. Even if you're a 30 plus year grizzled veteran, uh, you, you're still going to enjoy it. Look and see what, you know, oh yeah, I remember doing that before. But uh, play around with it and I hope you enjoy it. Bruce, I appreciate the time. You bet, John. So thanks for listening to another episode of Fraud Talk. You can find this podcast and all episodes of Fraud Talk on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Duffley, signing off.